bananas and pajamas characters, do you identify more with B1 or B2? B2. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because he B2. Well, I B1. Oh, shit. I chose the wrong one. Dude, you chose the wrong one. I didn't think it through. Speaking of one, that brings me to this uh, experience I had actually a few years ago that I wanted to bring up for today. It was a specific meditation I did where I decided to pick a concept and just explore that concept in the meditation. Now, what I found was it did require a lot of focus. Like try and think about just one thing and follow one train of thought without getting distracted. You know, maybe for some people it's easy, but I found that tricky. No, I can't, I can't do it. You can't do it? No. What would happen in that situation for you? I just can't meditate on it. You know, the whole meditate on it. That's not how it works for me. For me, meditating is purely sitting down and trying to quieten my mind. Like that's the whole process for me. I haven't even begun to master that, let alone being able to like focus on, I guess like focusing on one single object of thought Mm. is a way to quieten the mind. Uh, But I find it better to just, to just focus on like ambient sounds and sensations or Mm. like the light filtering through my eyelids and like really use that, those somatic sense, use my sensations to keep me anchored in the moment. Nice. I found it was really useful for me personally to to do do um the equanimity practice, which is just you know practicing stillness, but also practice focus and concentration. You so, are good at that, though. You're the type of person to go away and meditate on it. And that's something that's been really helpful for me yeah. because this one meditation uh, was actually the concept of oneness. I literally sat there on the floor in my bedroom and just followed this train of thought regarding oneness. And I ended up at the most blissful, ecstatic state, one of the most that I'd ever experienced, purely from meditation and purely from delving into my own understanding. And so that's it's really interesting. Like no one can really teach you things. You could really find what you need on your own, inside your own mind. And when you do that, it, you actually learn it in a more powerful way. Of course, like people can teach you things. I don't mean to say no one can teach you how to understand something. But when you find a way to frame it in your own words, through your own thoughts, I believe you learn it way more powerfully. Like the fundamental truths. Yeah. Like the truths beyond knowledge. Is truths. That the kind of Why thing... are you saying truths so funny? Truths. It's like you're saying tooths. Truths. Tooth. I'm, I'm, a fancy, I'm a fancy man. Truth. I'm a classy dude. You're saying T-R-O-O-T-H. Truths. Truth. Okay. <laughs> T-R-O-O-T-H-S. Let's bypass that. Truth. Continue. <laughs> How dare you bypass any of me <laughs> but but this is what you're talking about right the trun- the fundamental truths of existence. of the universe yeah the universe. you're right so like yes, these yes, are, yes, these yes, are the yes. things that you can't go to school to learn this is no, this is the kind of thing right. that people go to church to try and find out but at the core of it it really takes leaving behind everything that's on the periphery and going into your fine-tuned center yeah. to your source and then the truth coming at you from that place. This is what we're talking yeah, about, Yeah, right? so it's interesting. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting that those truths exist inside you without you having to actually do anything. It's a very innate thing, but it's obviously extremely buried. And it's so deep-seated and primal at the same time. Like, you don't know those things exist until you try and find them there. Then you start to realize, oh my God, I am 
I I am, I guess. Let's I am, yeah. There, yeah. And I feel like people, if they ponder that concept or, or they don't ponder that concept and they give it a fleeting thought, they may think you can't find out anything by sitting down and being quiet for prolonged periods of time. There's nothing to find out, yeah. right? But then... It's not an easy practice. No. To actually quiet in the mind. Yeah. It's not just focus in that in that period of meditation. It's first of all, it takes years and years of meditation to get to a point where you actually can tune into like, for example, oneness or like uh, to to allow your personality and your mind to fall away. That takes not only, I would say, like it can take years of meditation practice, but it can also take a certain amount of self-discipline yeah. and self-knowledge and, and self-inquiry. And that's all so, like, that's all heavy work. Mm. And so it's not just sit down, close your eyes, and you'll find out the truth of all cosmic truths. It's like, it, that's, a, that's a journey that you take in this lifetime to try and attain these states where you can get these little snippets of cosmic truth. Yeah. Would you agree? I would agree. I, I don't necessarily think it, it, we can like generalize and say it takes years to achieve. That's what I'm saying. You, it can. It can. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I think there are people I know who naturally have a quiet presence and like a quiet dropped mind. Dropped in essence. Yeah, that yeah. dropped in essence. That real grounded energy where you know that they could be still without you know them necessarily practicing that. And I think there are other things people do in their lives that help them enhance the stillness without them having to practice stillness. For example, if you were to do sewing and you were only to focus on the sewing and nothing else. You lose yourself in you, the craft. Yeah. That's the whole thing of it. You lose yourself. You would be meditating, yeah. right? So then you lose yourself. And then you, if you tried to put the sewing needle down and um, tune into your own uh, stillness practice or meditative practice, you would definitely get there much quicker than most people. Mm, I would so say this is what channeling is, right? It's flow state, it's mm. channeling, and it all comes from that well of truth Truths. within you. Truth. I think channeling is pulling information from that. But, but then again, but if you're, creating, you're kind of like, doing that. If you're creating a piece of art that's pulling information, you could be sewing yes. a fucking masterpiece. Yes, but see, there's something different about um, creating art where something's coming through you where uh, in comparison with going into yourself and finding something in yourself. Yeah, but but so if you're creating from that selfless place, mm -hmm. then I would say that is channeling because then yes, you, you are not you are not no longer present I and agree, something's yeah. coming through you. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's brilliant. So for someone like me who doesn't it doesn't really have a practice of meditating on it. Um, what would you recommend to, to like hone in on one, like the concept of oneness, for example, how do you, how do you get to a practice like that? So you just the, sit the fuck down and think about it. <laughs> well, the, the first thing I would do is I would like really recommend trying to practice concentration. So see how long you can go without having a thought. Test your brain. I don't know if you're driving or walking or running or at the gym. See how long it takes and measure it in rough time space. I don't know if you want to put a stopwatch on and then go do something. And then when you have your first thought, hit stop and be like, oh, 25 seconds or oh, six seconds. I actually really like that. that that's brilliant and it's practical. And I don't know if, if this is like common knowledge, but when people are trying to learn how to lucid dream, which 
which is when you wake up into consciousness in the middle of a dream and yeah. you are fully aware that you're dreaming and you can like interact with your dream and influence, and influence the dreamscape. The dream. yeah. uh, when people are training their minds to, to lucid dream, what they'll do throughout the day is do like lucidity checks. So for example, people will check yeah, the time. True. It's training your brain to like, every hour check the time check the time like look at the clock doesn't make sense or like look mm. in the mirror doesn't make sense mm. and so it's that type of thing it's like it's like visiting yourself throughout the day and just being like what state am i in mentally mm. am i carried away with my thoughts or like let's play this game of how long can i maintain clarity for yes, and that's really cool game, yeah. but this is what i'm talking about like it takes that kind of work you have to work at dropping out. You have yeah. to work at doing nothing. It's really That is that is people don't know how to do nothing. Easy and difficult thing you could do. Yeah. Because we're so hyper stimulated as humans today in comparison to two hundred years ago. But we're also very adaptable creatures. So we totally can do it. Yeah. And it's more innately a part of our biology than all this new stimulating stuff. This is all much newer. So it, it's really cool to think that, you know, if, if you were to start with concentration exercises, you could then try get to a minute, and then if you want, take the next step into uh, a concept meditation. So take take something big like uh, fear, death, oneness, mm. uh, those kinds of big central themes, and just explore. So, for example, okay, I want to meditate on death. Well, do I sit down and think about death? Well, I would go into a, a quiet place and once my mind is still then i would start to consciously have thoughts allow the thoughts in from a yeah. regulated place yes. like okay this is this is clear calm waters now that's out a drop of death yeah out a drop of death uh-huh. yes okay you're like you're like adding little droplets of it yeah. into like a cup and it sounds like fun doesn't it it sounds death and death and, and, more death. and more death and yeah. heaps of death lots of death so much death <laughs> so if i was to try and do this with say a banana okay here's how i'd meditate on the concept of a banana banana okay stillness and then banana and then yellow squishy on the inside soft on the outside has a very distinct smell good food for monkeys so like associations so you, just, you, you start you to explore use associations. your associations uh, yeah use associations mm. and then eventually like those fall away those fall away and you come to a creative way of of, of perceiving bananas uh and then you start to ask questions to yourself mm. to which you have to answer like till swan put up this meme the other day and it was hilarious she occasionally puts up like what she calls today's funny and they're just some some of them are like meaningful one of the memes she put up was i knew that i was a picture of jesus or some deity i forget which one i think it was jesus but he says i i knew i was directly related to god when i asked myself these questions and i was the one answering them as well Oh, that's so multifaceted. <laughs> She's cheeky. She's that's cheeky a, that's like a brilliant that, yeah. meme. And and for those of you out there who don't know Till Swan, she is an incredible like spiritual guru goddess. Yeah, goddess. Guru. yeah she's just super enlightened full stop yeah incredible but, um, human i love that because that's like oh yeah that's why like that makes sense that's why jesus was son of god but it's like we can all do that Anyone we all have access to do that, that space. yeah and that's what Ramnos used to say as well it's like rather than praising jesus become jesus mm. be the evidence and you will see that like he used the term christ consciousness christ consciousness is something that you can download and inhabit and allow to envelop your consciousness 
and embody. Embody. That's the thing. The whole thing was mm. not like look up and revere him and think I'll never be as good as you. I'll never be like you and I'm a sinner because I can't. And it's no, like embody his qualities. He was set examples for mm. the world yes. so that we can embody that essence. Yes, yeah, 100%. I really feel that. So, so I think you may have touched on it already, but what would you get out of being able to do this for yourself? Like being able to meditate on a concept or, or maybe what do you get out of meditating on oneness? Well, for me, it brought this overwhelming sensation of peace and love to like my heart, my belly, and just overall my being. Every cell of my body was glowing and vibrating super intensely. And I could feel that as a physiological sensation. So it felt like healing? Yeah, it felt not only healing, it felt nourishing, like extremely potent and nourishing and just really um, sensationally beautiful. And again, physical sensation, like something you can feel. Yeah. And and it also does something for your psyche too. Mm -hmm. When you just drop into that space of like, ah, like we all are one. Yeah. And, and everything is one everything on is one. this planet. And I, re- I resonate completely with that state of being because I, I certainly have been there within myself many times and in many dis- different situations um, and under many different circumstances, but never quite like so intentionally self-induced as that. Like mm, I want to go into oneness now and being able to get there. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I think that's a bit of a superpower that that would be so valuable to tap into. Yeah, I think I think anyone can do it. You know, it's like I don't claim to know something people don't. This is just information. But I'd like to invent these little things, these little ways of, of finding out um, how to connect into certain concepts. And, and death is another another crazy one to delve into. But I won't get into that. We'll save that for another episode. Yeah, another mm-hmm. episode, totally. I wanted to ask you, Danny, you just mentioned that there were specific times and places in your life where you had your own sort of epiphany uh, and experience with oneness. Can you share some? Yeah. So I've had so many different experiences of these on so many different like levels and planes of existence. Um, for certain, my first real experience of oneness was this period of time when I was really, really young and I had only just started, like I, I had only just reached an environment in which I could find myself. So this is, how this, old is really young? I, I was like, let's say I was 19 years old. Okay. This is when I was 19 years old. Um, and I was, I, I went on a trip to Portland, Oregon, where I was staying with some relatives and, um, and something about that place, like the, the, um, what's, what's that area of like the Pacific, what was it called? The North. I'm having of... like a blank, the Pacific Northwest. Oh, sorry, the Northwest. The yeah, Northwest. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah, total blank, but, but that area, like something about the forests and like the environment and the people and the energy just really spoke to me so, so clearly. And I, I was just sort of really delving into my practices of yoga and just starting to touch on meditation and really starting to open up. And then I just landed in this space where I all of a sudden like met people that were speaking my language. And I started to tap into my ability to manifest for the first time where I, I was like, this is the experience that I want to have. And I had it. And you're like, creating it for yourself. And I was creating it for myself, but like in, in ways that I never could have imagined. And I was calling in like people and experiences that to this day are the most just crazy divine 
experiences of my life. Like it changed my life forever. So I would say that that entire period of time was like that six weeks was like, or at least like three to four weeks of it was a real place of me realizing that I am connected to my world and that Mm. my energy has influence in the world and that I can interact with the energy of the world. And so that for me was like my first glimpse of oneness. And then I've had like mind altered states from meditation and also um, other things. And in certain meditations I've dropped in on certain like trips, I've really dropped in um, or I've just like all of a sudden like fallen away from myself and Mm. you just land in that place where you're like supremely everything. And you're like, ah, like it's always like, "Ah, like this is the thing, you know, this is the thing that we. Does it feel like a, a sensation of home to you? Yeah. Like, like, like you finally, you can finally feel settled because all of the peripheral bullshit that gets in the way falls away. And you remember, you remember, it comes from that place of cosmic truth that there is one vital source of energy. Mm. And we are ultimately just an articulation, just an expression of one source of energy. And this is what um, I was listening to a podcast recently. It was actually the It's Always Sunny podcast. And they weren't talking about this at all. <laughs> yeah. But um, one of the things they said is like, just in, in a, like a, a passing moment, they said like, I can't imagine that for eternity, my consciousness travels on. And I'm like, no, no, no. I really don't think it works like that. I personally think that in this lifetime, we have like this condensation of energy. In my lex- next lifetime, I might be a billion cells and then like my consciousness is scattered among like a billion cells and then in my next lifetime I might be like a goddess I have like a magnitude of consciousness but I don't think it's like I think that it's so hard to fathom this concept of me like it's, there's no me it just is it just is energy like it just is the vital source and there's no like collection of that do you get what I'm saying? Like I we totally are contained saying, yeah. in that, in this, in this flesh vessel. But for me, when I get glimpses outside of the vessel, I just tap into the thing that ultimately makes up everything else or binds it all together. Yes. It's hard to articulate. It, 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 we're trying to articulate something that's pretty much impossible to convey in words. Yeah. What I think is interesting is when you do try and connect with some source energy, well, there are people out there who connect with specific deities rather than source energy. But and does that so, bring them to oneness? Well, not necessarily. It's kind of it's kind of a side tangent. It's just the idea of connecting to, you know, source energy as a higher sort of power and then tapping into that versus the idea of connecting to something else that can bring you, you know, some kind of wisdom or information. Yeah, because because there's so much more to be found beyond the concept of oneness. That's all just energy too, isn't it? Yeah, it is all just energy. And I guess it's like different names for the same things, different ways of getting to the cosmic truths. And that's why I say there's many different cosmic (laughs) truths. I'm just going to use them both interchangeably. No, I like truths. Go with that. Okay, yeah, it feels better. So that's why it's like there's not <laughs> one cosmic truth. I guess like we are one could be a cosmic truth. <laughs> but um but there are so many there are so many intangible secrets of the universe to be to be toyed with in this lifetime mm. and and the thing is like you walk away from these periods of time and it's like we're trying to articulate the answers that we found. There are no words. There are no words and everyone else has only ever been trying to do the same thing yes and that's why i say like it's just like <sighs> mm. like uh. because you're trying to point at a feeling yeah and words are just signposts like what yeah. are you going to do with that and then i think as well the, the the terminology we are one gets grossly overused and undervalued yeah um just just from the sheer fact that people can 
say it and understand it logically, but they don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean they feel it. Yeah. It just, it's, it's like, this is where the whole like hippie dippy culture thing, it, it, it just washes away like the real essence of the conversation where it's like, there is just, there's so much depth to this living experience mm. that people don't allow themselves to access unless you really allow yourself to go into these deep periods of contemplation. Mm. And that's why meditation is a brilliant practice for anyone because it can be one of the keys that unlocks the door to like an introspective lifestyle. But there's also uh, so many different ways to meditate. Like the way Jesse meditates is so different to the way I meditate. And we mm. both get two very different things yeah. out of it. And day to day, I will not do the same kind of meditation. Every day is pretty much something different. And mine's pretty much the same every single day. <laughs> <laughs> As long That's as, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, yeah. We just get what we need from it. You yeah. know? And meditation is such a diverse practice. You pick up any meditation book and you're going to find a thousand ways to yeah. meditate. But in, in its essence, like what is meditation? It's fucking nothing. It's, it's actually... It's, it's doing one thing and only that one thing. It's taking time out of time to do nothing. Mm. But also like to do the nothing. Yeah. You know? Which like, is a to dichotomy in, in itself. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's an interesting thing in itself. So... That's interesting what you said before, actually, with, with regards to the washing away of these beautiful divine concepts that people can sort of dip their toe into and then lose themselves and, and, and live upon, upon, upon this washed away essence without truly getting down to the actual meat of the whole um, message. So they get like, it's either they get stuck with, no, it's not either. You can get stuck somewhere in between. Or you can like dismiss it altogether. Yeah, yeah, completely. But the, you to get to get to the nitty gritty, it just it's like it's a constant, right? Like you don't it's, get it's, there and like now you've gotten there. It's like yeah. And and Alan Watts says if you think you've gotten there, you're you're much further you're away so, than you realize. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, and that's why monks will you know give up everything they have to just go and be there and with nothing else. I'm so glad you mentioned monks because it's just. Like what a beautiful expression of this side of life that people cannot connect with and they don't give a shit and they really, they just shed absolutely everything mm. to go and be with the cosmic truth and to, and to seek. And like that level of devotion is so admirable and it certainly it isn't is. for me because I, I want to make art and I want to eat food and I want to move my body. And you like, want to eat food? Oh, I want to eat so How many foods. Fl- all the foods, you know? You're so unenlightened for eating. Fully. How dare you? Fully. I really am. Don't even go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. But, um, but, but they're, I feel like they're holding like so much on their, on their backs, just on like transmuting the energy of, of the world of consciousness. Dude, that's always what I think. Yeah. Like, thank God for these people yeah. actually praying for peace, oneness, yeah. global consciousness, ascension. Like these people are doing silent work for the planet that you have no idea is influencing you. But even the concept of devotion, like even somebody who's, let's just say, by the way, sorry for the fart noises. I'm moving around in my chair. Yeah. But I, not, bet I, you, I bet you slipped a couple in there. Not, a few times. not this time. But this chair is particularly farty. Let's play a game. Like at one point you do a fart and see if I'm like, oh, that one was a fart. Oh, I don't have any gas today. Bullshit. I didn't eat anything today. Actually, that's true. He hasn't eaten anything today. Otherwise he would have gas. Locked and loaded, ready to go. But anyway, so that's, (laughs) so I have, I have this, um, so I often, I don't often, but I have contemplated the notion of faith and how people can get so lost in their faith and um, how, 
you know, like religious institutions and all of the dark shit that goes along with that and blah, 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 blah. But also having this perspective of like, okay, I'm going to make up a religion just so I'm not like picking and choosing what a shitty religion is. But like, let's say the flying spaghetti monster was like a thing when I was in primary school. I don't know what it is, but let's say someone believes in the church of the flying spaghetti monster, but they are like so dedicated and devoted to that lifestyle that they, they do good because they think that the flying spaghetti monster is going to douse them in enlightenment source or whatever. Terrible analogy, but like they live their lifestyle with so much faith and devotion and it's like just beaming that energy out into the world must be doing so much good to you whether or not you're like oh my god you're stuck on like a like a like an entity that doesn't exist like you have mm. no idea you're just sold that narrative by blah 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 blah. it's like does it matter it doesn't matter if it's selling them a moral compass which is actually benefiting their world themselves and everyone around them that's a good thing yeah. if it's causing harm, separation. If they're holding up signs at protests going, you are all idiots for not worshipping the giant spaghetti monster and you're all going to some dark place where you don't get to eat spaghetti forever. And if, if they end up, you know, trying to segregate and separate, then they're missing the true source yeah. of, you know, what I believe most religions are trying to do, which is just realize these, these, these cosmic truths like we are one, you know, love thy neighbor don't hurt people, don't, you know, adultery, whatever, all these, all these basic points where it's like, don't do bad things. And it makes you wonder if, if those institutions didn't exist, would people be so lost that they would actually do those things? Or would they be more connected to themselves and live from a place of the heart and not actually want to do those things because they're connected to oneness? And so I don't know. We've had this discussion before. It's, that, yeah, this is this that's is that's a whole other. There's no answer. Well. There's no, there's answer. no answer here. It's just an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, 100%. and I'll tell you what. Like, and, and as you've kind of resolved this whole discussion in the past, it's been like, ultimately, if the moral compass of people is being benefited, if ninety percent of people are better people and ten percent of them are extremists, which is not the case, but if that was the case, it's still better for humanity. Mm. At is this point in segre- time. Is it still at this point in time? Is yeah. it still segregating? Yes, but is it still making more people do good things for themselves and people around them? Actually, yes. So religion does serve us. Yeah. Extremism doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. But religion serves us. But extremism us. exists beyond religion. Yeah, and so what you said before, like you often find it peculiar how people get lost in their faith. Well, what did you mean by lost? No, like I, I, I have I have witnessed people like change yeah, you know, in in their faith and like start judging people who don't do not associate with that faith and then i've contemplated the notion of faith and church okay. and i'm like is it the church's fault and then and i've just just gone down that rabbit hole a little bit but that, but i've also mm. come to witness like like for example um the muslim faith right like they pray um it's gonna be five times a five day. six times a day or something like that six or five? i don't know the number don't whatever know, it is I'm guessing but like that level of devotion i envy it's beautiful it's so it's like beautiful oh, no wonder people a, are drawn to that religion like what a beautiful way to live your life i think i think i mean i don't know anything about anything else much about the religion yeah. but just that practice in itself yeah. is so beautiful to have five different times in the day yeah. when no matter what you do you face the same direction yes and you put your head down and you say God, I am your servant. That's like, ritual. Like, work through me. Yeah. And that is a powerful ritual. And that is, and that will keep you connected. And so, I mean, I once heard this interview with a, uh, uh, was it a monk or a yogi? I think it was a yogi. And they said to him, well, you're a yogi now. Like, how often do you meditate? And he goes, 
I meditate for five minutes in the morning. I meditate for five minutes after lunch. And I meditate for five minutes after dinner. And then aside from that, I meditate all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to touch on that because, so here's the thing for me, it's like, I, I have this notion of, yeah, like I think the Muslim faith is so beautiful in that sense. But then I think to myself, like Danica, you could do that for yourself without subscribing to any faith or doctrine. Absolutely right? But then it's the whole thing about like self-discipline. And so when you belong to a religious institution and you're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing, then it's more easily, it's, it's more easy to embed yourself into that lifestyle. And like, yeah. if, like, again, that is why religion does serve a purpose. And like, it does yeah. give purpose to people in that sense. But, mm. but yeah, like, I think that's a very big aim for me as well. I've started doing little like I've, I've started finding little ways for me personally to implement devotional living into my lifestyle where for me, it starts on a very base level of like, check your posture, check your breath. Mm. How are you holding yourself right now? Like, are you allowing energy to flow fluidly through nice. your body? Start with the physiological. Just, yeah. And Powerful. then like from there, but in that same way, you can, you can be meditating your way through life where you are like constantly like here and now, here and now, here and now. And that, that's one of my goals to be more, here and now because it's just i'm gonna get sucked out of it yeah so you the will. more i can practice the here and now it's gonna counterbalance every other time i get caught up which is gonna be every second day apparently you know 100%. the way shit's been going 100 <laughs> not just you like me too and everyone everyone. i know everyone it is everyone and and what i've found one thing that was helping me recently actually is i, I, I revisited the power of now and one thing i caught tolly says is he says that if the birds could be speaking english or your language to you they would be saying here and now, yeah. here and now. So I try and form this association with hearing birds and being present. And so the more associations you can embed into your life, again, integrate into your life. And I mean, I mean, that's all. The more you can do, the more you can do in terms of integrating associations that make you present, the more present you're going to be. And the more closer to that source of cosmic truth you are you have to keep saying truth like that i love it it makes it's, me feel like oh my oh truth oh, oh. no one says it like that not even posh people i just did okay you that makes it me like the that. most elite of the elite okay we should start a uh, religion for you we're gonna call it the ultimate the truth. cosmic truth <laughs> cosmic truth <laughs> i love that and so i just wanted to come back to one thing you said earlier about getting lost in your faith isn't that kind of what monks do in a harmonious way rather than going into getting lost into their faith and going into separation of any kind or anything negative? They go into it from a complete place of most of them or some of them. I don't know what the percentage is, but some monks go into it with a place of I'm doing this to lose myself. I will shave my head. I will wear uniform robes. I'm, I'm doing leaning this. into the losing of the self. Yes. Yeah. And that's where they find these cosmic oh, there's so many ways truths oh thank you there's so many ways <laughs> to get there that's the thing like mm. we can't shove any one method down anybody's throats you just have to find your way and and the hardest thing is really checking yourself for whether or not you're getting caught up mm. right and we've talked extensively about about that. getting caught up yeah. and one of the things i think um is really important is to start developing a relationship with your intuition. I think that is the most, if you're looking for cosmic truth, your intuition is going to be the, the thing that gives it to you. So start cultivating a, a relationship with it or yourself, you know? The inner voice and God, mm -hmm. like I, I feel mm -hmm. like I said this six months ago on the podcast, maybe, but it's just unfortunate that I have to say it again. Like again, I just can't believe how accurate 
and divinely truthful that voice truthful. is. Truthful. <laughs> <laughs> you're making that word like... I'm making it a point to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. doing it on purpose. I'm doing a thing. Great. Doing a bit. You know what though? <laughs> the inner voice of intuition is the it's absolute... So it's It's... Nothing will blow your mind more than your own intuition once you strengthen it and then learn how to identify it between regular thought and actual intuition. And then, once you can get there, you will be flabbergasted hourly. Yeah, it, it, it is. You will be flabbergasted hourly. <laughs> and that's how it's been for me. And like the slaps on the face are getting harder and harder every time I don't listen. It's like thwack, yeah. thwack, 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 thwack. <laughs> and i'm just like shit all right like god it's real fine like because it's so as a human as a stupid basic human it's so difficult to just let yourself let yourself believe that you have this inner voice and also to differentiate it from the mind Mm. but again quietening practices meditative practices that Mm. is why that is also essential 100 percent. quietening practices help your inner voice speak and your inner voice speaks very quietly and it's never forceful and it's never trying to um, do anything that you're uncomfortable with unless it's for the overall growth of you as a human. There was one point in my life where I thought I couldn't trust my intuition anymore. And then, you know, years later, or maybe months, or I don't know how long, but like upon having hindsight and looking back, I realized that my intuition guided me towards that so I could learn X lesson, you know? Yeah. And then other situations where I ignored my intuition, yes, you get that slap. And then sometimes the intuition comes back with a baseball bat, but it's never forceful. <laughs> it's never, it's never like a hateful thing. It's always, you look, it's not a slap. It's an indirect slap. Yeah. It's just like, a, oh shit. If I had, like, no, I, if I had listened to myself yeah. in that moment, I could have been X, you yeah. know? So I don't know. It's, but no, it can be it, it can be a baseball bat. It, it can be hmm. a real hard slap. I've had those, man, but I've not yeah. listened to my intuition and it's been like such fat repercussions. But um, but like you're right. It's never like, like I guess it's like never ultimately negatively impactful. It's no. just like a very like rough period of self-reflection where it's like, okay, fine. Yes. And one of the things that you can ask yourself, which sometimes works perhaps all the time works depending on the person and the nature of your thoughts. But you could say to yourself, well, was that when you get caught in a situation thinking, was this thought from my intuition or was it from my thinking mind? How do I know the difference? Well, you can ask yourself, does this thought want to bring me peace? What is the ultimate goal of this thought? If I follow it, if I get on this thoughts train and ride it, where is it taking me? So you have to have a bit of foresight there and go, well, if I think this and I think this next, then it leads to this and then it leads to this, then suddenly I want to jump off a cliff. Not intuition. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. The opposite of that. Intuition is a quiet, st- uh, quiet and um, calm, relaxed, quivering, soft, patient, loving, compassionate voice. Quivering. That, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, maybe maybe it's not quivering. (laughs) I meant to... I was really trying to emphasize the gentle Gentle, nature of it. And quivering seems gentle to me. When things quiver, are they not gentle? Uh, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I hate you, though. I hate you. The other thing I want to say about intuition is that 
it's Latin for the words to contemplate. And that's really interesting if you connect it to what we were saying earlier in terms of finding that inner truth, like finding some kind of, do you want to say it? Truth. Yeah. Looking for that within yourself, you can actually, your intuition, it, it says to contemplate because it does start with contemplation. And you saw me, I started with association, but I ended up at a fundamental truth. Don't say it like that now. <laughs> God, when dramatic effect is needed, you're just not there. <laughs> so anyways, that's our talk for today about intuition. Do you want to add anything else, Danny? Nah. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>